0: Mitch Vareldas Steve Zinsmeister, Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Well, in the interest of transparency, I'll let you know that Cody Fincher is in for Mitch Fereldis today. Steve Zinsmeister with you on Arizona Sports Saturday. Lots of things happening right now, including the Big 12 championship game. I know that there's not a lot of intrigue in the Big 12 here in Arizona, But I'm here to tell you that it has major ramifications for the college football playoff. Not that anybody from the Pac-12 is going to make it, thanks to USC losing yesterday. But we all enjoy watching USC lose, so it's really not the end of the world. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm good with it. I'm fine. I'll be fine. Uh, Right now, TCU is the third team in the country, and they're losing at halftime.
0: I was never, I've never been a back-the-pack person. Like, you know, there's people that are like, well, if your team can't win, you should root for another team in the conference. No, I will never root for U of A. I can't do it. I will never do that. That would be like asking you to root for Trevor Wolverines. Yeah, I'm a Buckeye. Yeah, you're not going to root for Michigan in the playoffs if Ohio State doesn't make it, right? That's no. like I've never been a back-to-pack person. No. I will never root for USC. I will never root for Arizona. I will never root for UCLA. you chop yeah, your head up before you do that? I will. I will. Yeah, that. Whatever you just said. Seems fine. Yeah. That seems extreme, but I'll, I'll do it. I... <laughs> See, I'm the kind of
1: person that like I would support conference matchups. Like for instance, right now in the Big Ten, let's focus on uh, Ohio State lost to Michigan. They lost by a lot at home. I acknowledge that, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that I'm not hoping for a rematch. Right, you know, like right, I, right. I'm not only just hoping that my favorite team, the Buckeyes, makes it into the college football playoff. I'm hoping they play Michigan. Yeah, like because that's <laughs> interesting. Now the Pac-12 is in a very different situation where they had one team that was slated to get in in USC and they lose. To number eleven, Utah. Mm-hmm. There's. I don't think there's any way Utah jumps up into the playoff. I don't think no. that happens. Not how that works. So, with all that said, I uh, things are very screwy right now. <laughs> uh, and with this Big Twelve title game going on right now, they're losing by four at halftime. That certainly doesn't mean that it's over. No, it's but very if close. TCU loses, then your number three team and your number four team are probably out of the playoff. I can't imagine TCU loses and they still make it. I don't think I don't think that's and you've got happen. Ohio State sitting at five and Alabama sitting at six, and those are two major programs with two major quarterbacks, with two major coaches, and first round picks riddled throughout their offenses and defenses. I can't imagine a world where
0: people don't want them in the playoff. That's the most interesting. Yeah, there's playoff. no reason for that. I mean, especially yeah, when they can they can justify putting Ohio State in and Alabama in. We may be heading that direction if TCU. Well, it's all expanding anyway.
1: So this all isn't going to matter in a couple of years. But this is the here and now. We're focused on that. Uh, Going on in the NBA last night was a home game for the Suns against one of the worst teams in the West. The Suns are one of the best teams in the West. And I still think that's the case, despite the fact that the Suns lost to the Rockets. And they were beating them (laughs) by double digits multiple times throughout the day. And, And they lose the fourth quarter
0: horribly. And that's the thing. I feel like just watching that game. The Suns were not playing well, but they were still up by double digits on the Rockets. That's just talent, and that's just Devin Booker doing what Devin Booker does. Because DeAndre Ayton didn't have a good game last night. Uh, Campaign and Mikel Bridges had a good, had good games, um, but man, it was it came down to the fourth quarter, and yeah, the Rockets. The Rockets, credit to them, man. They they played their they played their butts off last night. And the, you know what? They got to the free throw line a lot. A ton. They got what thirty nine times? Forty three free throws. Forty three. Forty three free throws. They hit thirty four of them. Yeah. So and it was Jalen Green. Jalen Green was playing really well last night. He was getting to the line. He shot sixteen free throws by himself. Um but yeah, it was it, the Suns took a lot of threes, so and yeah, there was some officiating, you know, snafus in that game. There, there's always there's always bad officiating. I feel like in every single sport. But um, man, this Dr Pepper uh, when they have to, the students have to throw the ball into the oh, big can, the it's just thing. horrible. Oh, like it's always bad. They're, eh, they're getting in a roll. All yeah. Right.
1: Anyway, but <laughs> fortunately, neither of them play quarterback for TCU or Kansas
0: State. So, uh, but yeah, it, it was a bad loss last night. Um, it's just the Rockets are one of the worst teams in the NBA. They had 5 wins coming into that game last night. And I just don't think the Suns took I just don't think the Suns took the Rockets seriously last night. It's just I think it came down to that. I don't want to like say this as an excuse,
1: but the Suns are still without Cam Johnson for the time being. They're without Chris Paul. I don't know what the timeline looks like for him to be back. He's been dealing with that heel issue. Uh, we know about Jay Crowder being separated from the team. We've talked about that for a long time. Tory Craig didn't play last night, so they had to play Sarich in the starting lineup, which I would say it went not good. He was one of five and one of four from three, but only scored three points. But at the same time, they didn't ask too much of him. Yeah. So it was a weird game where it kind of felt like a get-right opportunity where they're just trying to, Get by and that's yeah. a weird thing to
0: say about a team that's fifteen and seven yeah they're the best team in the Western Conference right now yeah Tory Craig i don't want to just discredit what he's done since cam Johnson's um, been out with an injury Tory Craig like if you look at if you just look at the box score you're like all right not that impressive he's been okay, but that dude comes up with a big time offensive rebound I feel like every single game he actually had a uh know he had, he had one the other night it was the closing seconds of a game and it was a huge offensive rebound to keep it alive so that you know um so the they hung on to the win but man like it's just it's been a it's been rough though without Cam Johnson because i mean for a while there the three point shooting was really struggling for the suns and cam johnson is a really good three point shooter and they're missing that um but chris paul i Luckily for the Suns, campaign has stepped up. He's been great. He's stepped way up in absence of Chris Paul. Um, but yeah, I, I I do think that it w- it would obviously be nice to get Chris Paul back. But I mean, it's just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know think any differently of this Suns team because they lost to the Houston Rockets. <clears throat> the Rockets played really well last night, and they did what they needed to do. I, I just don't think the Suns took that game very seriously.
1: Yeah, it's the free throw line thing. Uh, like you mentioned, the Rockets shot twice as many, more than twice as many free throws as the Suns did. So they hit 34 of them. The Suns only hit 14. So that's an extra 20 points you get at the free throw line alone. Offensive rebounding, the Rockets did better than the Suns did. Yep. Keep in mind, Suns are not a huge team in terms of size. I mean, I know Saric started at the four yesterday, which makes them bigger than they usually are with Cam Johnson or even in the past with Jay Crowder or Tory Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the Suns are not the biggest team. They're not a deep team right now because of the injuries that we mentioned and the absence of Crowder. They're not a deep team, so you might have to skate by in the the regular season and hope that you come across some health at the end of the year. That may be a a luck of the draw
0: type of thing for the Suns. Yeah, I just think last night, I think we need to talk about DeAndre Ayton. He had a really bad game last night. In 30 minutes, he... Had eight points, six rebounds, a steal, and a block. He had five turnovers last night. Not good. And just watching the game on TV, it just just felt like he wasn't engaged in the game at all. And maybe part of that was because they didn't get him involved on the offensive side early on, and maybe he just kind of checked out. I don't know. But another game, too, where he didn't get to the free throw line. Didn't shoot a single free throw last night, and I was looking back earlier at some of his recent games. He's been getting to the free throw line, not like a, a ton, but I think I think DeAndre Ayton's baseline free throw attempts per game should be. He should be shooting at least six free throws a game. Just be, I mean, obviously you'd like it more, obviously. You'd like him to be in double-digit free throw attempts every game, but that's just not the player who he is. You know, that's not the player that he is. Not the style of game that he plays. He's not a bruiser down there. But I think he needs to at least shoot six free throws a game. And last night was just another game. He didn't get to the free throw line at all. Not a lot of Suns did, but zero attempts for a center, a seven-foot center. Like you should be. You should get to the free throw line. Way more than he gets to the line. Uh, free throw attempts uh,
1: against Houston, zero. Against Chicago, nine. That's yes, pretty good. Yes, Sacramento,
0: two. And the, you look at that game, though. He didn't have the best game. 17 and 12, still a decent performance. But against the Bulls, he had 30 points. Right.
1: Utah, nine. Mm-hmm. Detroit, seven. Lakers, zero. Yeah, and then from there, five, three, zero, 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 two, three.
0: Two, 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 zero. I, I mean, feel like, like I until feel like recently,
1: just, he didn't have any games right, over five.
0: Right, and that, and look how well he's been playing recently. Yeah. I think that's a big Player part. Player of the week of it. in I think the Western a Conference. a big part of it. I mean, it's not the be-all, end-all getting to the free-throw line, obviously. He's not scoring 30 points on free-throws. Right. But I think it's a big part of it. And those, obviously, they're, they're free points. So uh, he, I th- just think he needs to be more aggressive um, we've seen him be aggressive in this recent stretch where, like you said, he won Western Conference Player of the Week. He was he was dunking the ball with ferocity. Like, I've never seen him dunk the ball. And that's what I want from him all the time. And I know it's a lot to ask, but last night it just seemed like he was not engaged in that game at all um, on defense or offense. So it was just a bad game. And again, like we are saying before, you miss Cam Johnson, you miss Chris Paul. Devin Booker can't do this by himself. He can't do it by himself. And I'm not trying to disparage what Campaign and Mikel Bridges did last night because they had good games. Campaign had 20 points and, uh, and 12 assists last night. Mikel Bridges had 22 points and eight boards. So. But aside from those three players. You didn't have much. No. I don't know didn't.
1: that anybody had a good game aside from those three players. And and most of that was because of scoring. You know, Bridges 22, Payne 20, Booker 41, you mentioned. Aside from that, only one other guy had 10 points,
0: and that was Damian Lee. And I wouldn't say he had a great game. Ten he points, was okay. 10 points on nine shots. I yeah, mean, that's okay. Two of, two of five from three-ish. Wainwright was two of four. Uh, both of those, uh, both of his uh, shots were three-pointers. He had a couple free throws there, too. But, yeah, man, Jock, Lan- Jock Landau, Monty's been cha- has changed his his substitution pattern, too, recently. It's been the first guy to back up Aiton. It was early on in the season. It was Landell, Jock Landell, but now it's Bismack Biombo. And you're seeing Jock Landell now only play. He only played seven minutes last night. Right. Um, and he committed two fouls in those seven minutes, you know? So um, before it was Landell was the number one guy behind Aiton. Now it's been Biombo, and I don't know if they should get... Landale back in the rotation or not I think he's a good little player I think I think he's solid so I don't know but I'm not going to act like the world ended because they lost to the Houston Rockets Houston had a really good game they they executed really well Jalen Green was really good especially in the fourth quarter so just chalk that one up to you know just they outplayed the Phoenix Suns last night
1: coming up next which team should be playing in the college football playoff well, I'll tell you, that might depend on what's going on right now. We'll get you the absolute latest on who might be heading to the CFP next. Mitch and Steve on Arizona Sports Saturday.
0: Arizona Sports, the local
1: sports leader. It's Arizona Sports Saturday. Steve Zinsmeister with you. Mitch Veraldese is out of town this weekend, so I brought in my good friend Cody Fincher. Now I'm Bear. a good friend. This is ah, you're nice. Getting upgraded this throughout the course good, this of this This is show. a good day for me. Count your blessings. He's uh, <laughs> <Lucy's> claiming <laughs> you as a friend. Trevor is also my good Trevor friend. Trevor is an enemy of Steve's. Trevor was not my friend a last weekend. Enemy. Last weekend we were not friends. This weekend we are. It has to do with the fact that I'm a Buckeye. He's a Wolverine. Trevor's got his Michigan sweater on right now.
0: This <laughs> a love hate relationship during college yeah. football season. Yeah,
1: I wasn't here last weekend. You were probably thrilled by that, but. <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of looking forward to that day. Well, I'll tell you. I (laughs) I think there was a reason he wasn't here. To pull back the curtain a little bit, I I have some questionable life choices that I've made. (laughs) I I have a, a producer in Trevor who is a Michigan guy. My girlfriend is a Wolverine. My boss is a Wolverine. I have almost no Buckeyes in my life. Very few. John Roller over on KTAR News uh, does the traffic. He's a Buckeye, so I have him to rely on. But it's basically him and me against the world at this point. And nobody wants to see Ohio State make the playoff, I feel like, especially when they got trounced by the Wolverines last week. But the situation that we're in currently kind of makes it look like it's more than possible, maybe even likely. Right now, (laughs) USC— they they overturned that— That
0: safety call. Oh, okay. So let's.
1: No, let's focus on Big 12. You're right. So, right now, the Big 12 championship game is going on. Uh, It's a four point lead for Kansas State. They're 10th. TCU is third. They're slated to go to the college football playoff right now if they win this game, but they're losing. If they lose, that's bad news because number four, USC, lost last night in the Pac 12 championship Mm -hmm, game mm -hmm. to Utah. Who's Way to number go, eleven? Pat 12 you're messing things up again. So if all these conference champions are double-digit ranked teams, which more than likely next week they'll be higher,
0: they'll be seven, sure, eight, sure. whatever, but not, that's not, not good enough to get in. Right, exactly.
1: So you're going to have openings for college football teams to make the playoff that didn't even win or even play in their college uh, conference championship game. Yeah. Ohio State is sitting at five. Alabama's Alabama sitting at six.
0: The TCU championship is Georgia
1: and LSU later on today. There's a real possibility that Ohio State and Alabama both get in without
0: playing in their championship games. Isn't that crazy? Is that an indictment on the system in this the college football playoff system? Well, I, I think know the fact I, that the system changing is an I know, indictment yeah, alone. Yeah, I was going to say. I know every. It's not going to matter because in 2024 they're expanding the playoff. Um, but this TCU Kansas State game is is huge. It's huge for the playoffs, and they just overturned a safety call. Uh, Kansas State, or uh, sorry, TCU's quarterback fumbled it into the end zone. It was recovered by an offensive lineman who was down in the end zone. They ruled it a safety, but they overturned it. I guess they somehow saw that his hand was moving forward. I don't know. Did they do the forward motion? I, I guess that's Come the only that's on. the only thing I could think of. I watched that
1: play. Very athletic play by the linebacker. By it the was way, great. Basically, the quarterback jumped in midair and tried to throw the ball and pump faked in midair. And at the key part of oh the pump boy. fake, they blocked it out of his hand. It was pretty remarkable. Yeah. But Kansas State is driving on TCU right now, and they're already up fourteen ten. So but, we'll see what happens there.
0: But yeah, like, will there be a bunch of uh, pushback from from I don't know who fan. I guess fans the, of the most part, but. If Ohio State and Alabama get in, will it just be the same oh they that's all they want is Ohio State and Alabama touchdown Kansas State, by the way, it is oh boy. So now it's twenty what to ten. throw by that. Likely twenty one to ten here my in a second. my goodness. Um but is it gonna be more of the same? Is it gonna be like people saying, Oh, they don't want these these teams in the TCUs of the world, you know. Uh do they not want those teams in the playoff, do they just want Ohio State, the Blue Bloods, Ohio State, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia? Do they just want those teams in every year? I mean, how do they justify justify putting in two teams that aren't even playing in their conference championship game this weekend? Well, the justification is Is that— Just because USC and TCU are going to lose— is that it?
1: Is that all they need? Uh, pretty much, but I mean, like, let's try to uh, forget about the rankings right now for okay, a second. All right, let's assume uh, Georgia is thirteen and zero at the end of the day. Let's assume Michigan's thirteen and zero. Okay, they have to play Purdue, who's not even a real school. It feels like, <laughs> uh, at least not real football team. Dang. I should say. Uh, so I'm sorry, but Purdue's in the Big Ten championship game. They Purdue- how did that happen? Drew Brees went to Purdue. How dare you? Okay, whatever. That's the only player you can name from <laughs> Purdue ever. Didn't uh, Rondell Moore go Yeah. Okay. Two. I know two players that went to Purdue. Then. Um, so let's assume Georgia and Michigan are safe. TCU and, and USC both lose. Now you're trying to compare a TCU 12 and one team, a USC 11 and one team to an Ohio State 11 and one team. And I would say Ohio State is the better team than TCU. Yeah, and compare losses yeah. too, because Ohio State lost to Michigan. They're the number two team in the country. That's a good team. Now right. you also lost that game at home, and you got boat raced. Mm-hmm. So it's not good. It's like circumstances also matter yeah. how you played. Context does matter here, but you lost. You lost to Michigan as opposed to TCU losing to Kansas State. Kansas State. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's the argument you might make there. Ohio State versus USC. Uh, I mean, USC lost to. So number
0: eleven. Let's say okay, hypothetical. What if Georgia loses to LSU tonight in oh, the then SEC every, championship? Everything. LSU is the fourteenth ranked team. I still think Georgia would make the playoff. They would just they, wouldn't. Would they be make it one. as like a three seed. Michigan two would move seed? up.
1: Michigan would move up, and Georgia might ju- fall to. Georgia would be two, two or, three. or three. They would be twelve and one. They'd be twelve and one. There's not a lot of twelve and one teams. Yeah. In fact, there's no 12 and one teams but as of the second. Again, TCU it, might be one here. Would it in a couple just minutes.
0: depend on how Georgia would lose? Like, yeah, if LSU kicks a game-winning field goal to win the, you know, at the, the final seconds.
1: Well, and the problem or, we have here is all these teams that are in the top four now are playing teams that are in the double digits. Yeah, they're playing number 10 Kansas State. They're playing number 11 Utah. Why, they're playing number 14 LSU. That's why the
0: divisions stink, yeah. right? Like that's why the divisions in college football conferences are terrible. Like, like if, Michigan should not be. And I mean, it's not all Purdue's fault. I mean, Nebraska and Wisconsin are are historically good football programs that are not good this year. Right. So, good for Purdue for you know winning their division. They and everything, played the but, games that were put in front of them. Right. And uh, you can't fault them for that. But man, like, like you read those the the Big Ten, the Big Ten East. Uh, w- the East is the good one. The yeah, West Ohio- is the bad one. Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, they're all in the same division. Yeah. There can only be one division champion. And that's
1: without any of those other schools possibly having a one off good year. Right. Which happens, by the way. Right.
0: So it, it's just, it kind of just is an indictment on the division <laughs> process, too. And we were comparing it to the NBA. Like, the divisions of the NBA don't matter at all. I could all tell conference. you,
1: I could not tell you, as a sports radio host, I could not tell you. Which teams are in what divisions
0: in the NBA? Because it's never mattered. I know the Suns are in the Pacific, and that's it. Yeah. That's all I I can pretty much tell you
1: who's in the division, but it doesn't matter. Because the best teams play each other when it comes playoff right, time. Right, And I'll tell you what. If, it's all about the top eight spots in the conference. If that's how the Power Five conferences worked in college football, the best two teams play each other, mm-hmm. we would have an Ohio State-Michigan rematch today. We would have Georgia-Alabama which I think way more people would be interested in that than Georgia LSU, even though LSU is a pretty decent team, uh, you would have much different college football title games.
0: Do we also just, because of how college football used to be and how they determined a champion before the college football playoff. Yeah, and just based on your regular season. Do we still take the regular season too seriously? It's hard not to because it's, in football, it's 90% it's col- of your season. And the college football playoff is still very strongly based on the regular season you have. It has to be. Yeah, So, but do we take it a little too seriously, though? Because that's literally how champions were decided, based well, on your regular season. They didn't even have a playoff. Well, and the other factor, the other thing that you control as an
1: organization is who you play in your non-conference games. Because you don't really control the conference games. Who you pay to play. You know? Right, so... Or are you going to yeah. choose to play? I, I'm I'm just taking like uh, Ohio State for example. Like, are you going to play Youngstown and Toledo? Yeah. Or are you going to go play a game against Oregon?
0: Like, or a like, really
1: good team from the Big Twelve, like Alabama. Of the SEC.
0: Alabama like never plays anybody. They played Austin out of P last yeah. weekend. Right? It's ridiculous. They always play a really dumb school at the <laughs> end of the year. And if you think about it, it's brilliant. How do, they, how do they get away with that? No, but it's brilliant
1: because most schools play those games in the first early, or second week, yeah.
0: like tune-up games. Alabama
1: plays them at the end of the
0: year yeah. so that
1: you can build up your ranking early in the season. Yeah, and then at the end so of you the, get the year, an easy win, you get an easy one. It's brilliant. I hate it. Freaking but it's Nick brilliant. Saban. Well, but even still, he's sitting at six right now, and <laughs> yeah. on the cusp of a playoff, but maybe not.
0: Alabama's a two-loss team. Twenty-one ten Kansas State. Eleven thirty to go in the third quarter. It's not over. It's not but over. But it's not looking great. This for, is, for
1: TCU. This is going to change the college football playoff dramatically. Yep. Very very interesting. I know it's December, but there is some pretty serious baseball news hot happening. Hot stove season—it's finally it's getting back. hot. We're going to touch the hot stove. Coming up next on Arizona Sports Saturday.
0: Mitch Vareldis, Steve Zinsmeister, Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports—the local sports leader.
1: Well, it wouldn't be a Sports Saturday without some drama, and we've got that in the Big Ten title game right now. Sorry, Big 12 title game. I didn't mean to freak you out there, Trevor. The Big Ten title game hasn't started yet, so <laughs> you're still good. That's not till 6 o'clock. <laughs> the Big 12 title game, TCU currently down 11 to oh Kansas boy. State. Oh, boy. Yep,
0: there's a touchdown. And uh, that just changed, so TCU drawing a little bit should closer. Should be 21 the 17. Kansas State had a fumble. That's an interesting in game. Territory. In their own territory, I should say. We'll keep it on. Oh, it. boy. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks Your finally— Your Buckeyes are clinging to, I know. to life here, Steve. I know. I know. I don't feel good about you it. You have to rely make on the— in it. the back door. You, <laughs> you have to rely on the Horned Frogs to lose. Uh, you never know. Ohio
1: State could get that USC spot at number 4. I guess they could. We'll chat more yeah, about that right. here in a few. Uh, the Diamondbacks did make a move, finally, in the offseason. It's nothing dramatic. Moves. Um, but they did acquire Carlos Vargas, a reliever from the Cleveland organization who throws very hard. His numbers are not super impressive, but he's a guy with stuff. And then they signed free agent reliever. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Help me out here. Miguel Castro. Miguel Castro, The yeah. last name I was struggling with, sorry. Miguel Castro, <laughs> uh, who also has really good stuff. His number is 4.05 ERA. Uh, the whip was like 1.45 last year with the Yankees. These are guys who are fairly young. They have good stuff, which means they throw hard, they've got good movement, mm-hmm. but maybe they haven't developed as much as as pitchers yet. I trust Brent Strom the pitching coach, so do I completely. So on the one hand, I think he's probably just sitting there begging for young guys to mold sure into good pitchers, and, and I, I think that's the the first step of rebuilding the bullpen.
0: And I think too that they have those guys too in, in the minor leagues as well. But and I'm not gonna act, let's not act like the the Diamondbacks getting Miguel Castro is the end. Like yay, the bullpen's fixed. It's not fixed. No, far they from need, it. They need a lot of work in that bullpen. They need a guy. I don't think you you, you can't. If you're the Diamondbacks, you cannot go into next year saying Mark Melanson is the closer. You can't. I don't I don't see any possibility of that. I mean in save situations Melanson was okay. He was fine. But it was the constant rolling him out there in non save situations where games are tied in the ninth inning or they're losing in the ninth inning. And he kept getting those games and it just got worse and they lost games. I just don't think that Mark Melanson can be can be your your closer. He's going to be on this roster. I I don't think anyone's going to trade for Mark Melanson. He la, next year is the last year of his two year deal. He's, he's making what seven million dollars. So I mean, he's going to be on the team. Um, but yeah, the bullpen really needs some more work. I don't know exactly who they're going after, but um, it seems like from what Gambo has said too on his show and on his Twitter account that. The Diamondbacks are looking at younger relievers. I'm thrilled by that because, but there's not a lot of those. N- but what's young for a reliever? I know the starting is starting pitcher. It's like, well, over thirty, eh, beware, you know. But relievers reliever, tend to have a little bit longer are, of a leash, and they're di- they're just different. They don't pitch as long innings. They, you know, they pitch more frequently, but not as long, you know, of outings. But Miguel Castro is is turning 28 later this month. That's probably the youngest reliever that the Hazen regime has signed since uh, since they've uh, they got hired in 2017, because ever since then it's been for guys like for closer anyway, Fernando Rodney, who was over 35. Brad Boxberger wasn't 35, but wasn't young either. He was also coming off of a major injury. I Correct, remember, right? and and then there was you know Greg Holland, Joaquin Soria uh Tyler Clippard it, all those guys Yoshi Hirano Yoshi from Hirano, he was not young either so it's been it's been veteran guys that they've brought in and 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 come in to be the closer and it just hasn't really worked out
1: I never minded that strategy as long as it was supplemental to having a good young bullpen to begin with that yeah. you were that you were bringing guys up into the bullpen from within your system and they really didn't they weren't able to do that. At the, the only guy of they Rushing.
0: really did that with, and I think it was an accident, really, is Archie Bradley, because Archie Bradley was, you know he he came up, he was a, one of the top pitching prospects in the organization. He was a starting pitcher, and then that unfortunate incident where he got hit in the face of the line drive happened. He just wasn't the same after. He that. came back, and they eased him in you know, back as a reliever and it worked out. He was really good. Ended up being the closer a couple of years yeah. later and kind of the heart and soul of the team. at sure. one Sure. Yep. And that's Certainly really the emotional that, leader. Really it. Honestly, like because they tried doing that with Taylor Clark. It didn't work. Taylor Clark was bad. Um, I think they've tried to do it with a little bit, maybe not out of necessity, because their bullpen was so bad with Taylor Widener. It didn't really work out either. Taylor Widener, Zach Godley Zach, for a time. Zach Godley, yeah, I guess. And um, they moved him out of the rotation. Yeah, so I it's just they haven't. You're right. They Tyler haven't Gilbert been able. A little bit. They haven't been able to develop a in-house bullpen candidate.
1: Well, a lot of the the. Bigger bullpen pieces in the last five six seasons were holdovers from the last regime. Andrew Chafin was a pretty solid left handed pitcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, still is a pretty solid pitcher. He's a free agent too, by the way. I think. Yes, um, he is. Archie Bradley was a holdover from the previous regime. T.J. McFarlane was here for a little while. I don't. He had some good seasons and some really bad seasons. Yeah. Um. But for the most part, you haven't had a consistent bullpen.
0: In the Mike Hazen years, since twenty seventeen or whatever it's, it was, it's been a constant kind of revolving door of guys. I feel like, or guys on one year deals, not a lot of here hits. for very long. Yeah, so there's been a couple of guys that were that were paid
1: to be holdovers, like those guys you mentioned that are older, closing experience beavers. Yeah. They did the job they were hired to do, which was hold you over until the next season, but. Then nothing came the next season, and, and they just and went and hired another their, older. That's one. That's
0: been their philosophy ever since 2017, when Hazen and Lovello took the took their respective jobs. Like it's been, we're gonna go out and get a veteran closer to, uh, to be to be our late inning guy. It's that that's what it was, and I like this signing of Miguel Castro. I know the ERA and the WHIP was aren't you know it's not gonna you know impress you a lot. If they lot, were good, he wouldn't be available. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, Kenley Jansen's still available. Is that a... He's guy? at a much
1: different point in his career, Is, though. He's old. He's already made money. He's, he's won championships.
0: 36-ish. He's older. Is that a guy? Are they going to go? Is that a guy they could try to make their closer, Kenley Jansen? How much money are you going to? Are you willing know. to pay a reliever? I don't know. He's probably going to command at least ten million dollars because they
1: just paid Castro Three and a half. Three and a half-ish, a maximum of two point seven five per year. Yeah, cheap. By the way, the incentives are weird. So yeah, they are. Reading this from Ken Rosenthal at on Twitter. So there's cash incentives for appearances for Castro at. 25 30 and 35 appearances he can make an extra 50k that doesn't sound like a lot well it sounds like a lot to me but it doesn't sound like a lot for an athlete Uh, but he gets bigger incentives for finishing games for closing games right 25 the games last 3 outs. 25 games he gets 100k. 30 35 games he gets 150k and it goes up from there to 60. If he has incentives in his contract for finishing games, that tells me that the Diamondbacks might be interested in
0: using him at the end of the or bullpen. Or they're anticipating him being maybe the 8th or ninth inning guy.
1: Yeah. I or mean, hey, I... you tell the guy, "Hey, uh we want you in the mix." Right. And if you You're gonna work be in your contention. butt off,
0: Yep. Yep. And
1: you become the closer the way that you think you will, the way that we hope you will. Right. It's going to work then, out. Then you yeah. make money. Exactly. And so
0: that's that why appears called, to be how they got them That's why they're called incentives, ladies right. and gentlemen. Um, but I, I like that signing a lot, um, mainly because of his age. Honestly, I'm just tired of the 35-year-old relievers. I'm tired of it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a good signing. Well, there's not a lot of
1: 26, 27,
0: 28-year-old relievers on the market. I know. There's not a lot of those at any position. See, Zach Eflin, who was pretty much a reliever last year for the Phillies, got a three-year deal with Tampa. $40
1: million, I think? Yeah. The he biggest got, free got. agent signing in Tampa Bay's history. Are you serious? Yeah. In total money. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Vaughn was the next highest, I think. Oh, my god! Which, of course, was a similar contract, but was also 25
0: years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. And aren't they, what the Rays are doing now not even close with uh, their, to what their philosophy no. is now? Now, if you take it, the Wander Franco <laughs> extension into account. Sure. He but that's like not a free money. agent contra- contract. Contract, but, Right. But, yeah, so what else is going on the hot stove? I know. Jacob deGrom's Jacob's going DeGrom- to Texas. Jacob deGrom to the Lone Star State. Hey, man. Uh, no income tax in Texas so uh That's a big draw. That's a big draw there. Who's the I, Is
1: he the best pitcher in baseball over the last when I'm healthy, say 7 to 10 years. When healthy, yeah.
0: He is. Okay, best based on results or like just pure talent? Just pure, well, pure talent I think is the talent, easy it's answer. Him. It's yeah. him. Um Kershaw. Kershaw's been Scherzer. solid. Scherzer's been great. They're both Hall of Famers. But I mean Jacob Degrom, when he's healthy, is Sandy He's, he's unhittable. He's Sandy Koufax. He's Kofac. unhittable. It's a, it's crazy what he does when he's healthy. But that's the whole thing. If healthy, and I'm guessing the reason he's in Texas right now, outside of the income tax thing, was just kind of a joke, but not really. I'm guessing the Mets didn't want to go to, didn't even want to touch a five-year contract with Jacob Degrom. He got five years, 185
1: million. I'm guessing he'll be the highest-paid pitcher, I believe, other than Max Scherzer per year.
0: I'm guessing that the Mets wanted to do what they did with Scherzer—a three-year big-money deal. You know, Degrom's 34 years old. I mean, he's going to be 39 when that contract ends. I think Texas. I think their plan is to win with DeGrom, hopefully, in the next two or three years, and then hopefully they can trade him.
1: So now the thing that will be interesting to watch is what kind of contract does Justin Verlander get? Because Does he get
0: the Max Scherzer deal that the Mets gave? A three year, $45 million a year? Speaking of the Mets, do they just go. Do they put all their chips in for Verlander now? Maybe. Because now they lost to Grom.
1: Verlander met with the Dodgers this week. The Dodgers, yeah. we know, love to do high money
0: per year, but short term deals. Yeah. They tried to do it with Trevor Bauer. We know how that worked out. They've been doing it with Kershaw the last few couple of contracts they've given him. He's been doing one year deals. Verlander's older than DeGrom. They've both had major
1: injuries at different times. DeGrom certainly more often. Yeah. But Verlander also
0: just won the Cy Young. Uh, like he was the best pitcher in baseball last year. I, I'm really intrigued too, real it's quick 40. by the shortstop class in this free agency period this year. It's stacked again for this like last year. straight year. Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, who opted out of his uh, Minnesota Twins contract, Xander Bogarts, who apparently the Diamondbacks have checked in on, not saying that they're super interested or like they're trying, they're pushing hard for him, but they, you're, I, I feel like you're dumb if you don't check in on Xander Bogarts. You're not a good, you're, you're not doing your job as a GM if you well, don't check in. The whole checking in thing, I, and you hear this just, in all That's sports. Just calling Scott Boris, hey. What's it going to take? What's going on? What's the number? Yeah, if Scott. you don't check in, that that's bad. You're not doing your job. Yeah, you're not doing your due diligence because you're you be checking know. in on everybody. You never know. There was a the report too. Just speaking of the Diamondbacks, uh, a little bit earlier this off season, that they could be in the mix for um, Evan Longoria. The veteran third baseman who played his last few years in San Francisco, because I could see it. um, They do need a right-handed hitting bat, and apparently Longoria is interested in the Diamondbacks because he has a home here. So, again, Arizona, with your with your elderly, come out here, come come live here, come to Arizona. I, yeah. Evan
1: Longoria, another snowbird. That seems a lot more likely. His cost will be a lot lower, obviously, than Xander Bogert's. I do wonder, too, if, like, Bogert's agent put out the whole Diamondbacks narrative just you to say, know. like, hey, look, other teams are interested in my client, not yeah. just.
0: But I not feel just Boston like with a I like I feel like with a guy like Xander Bogars, you don't have to lie and say who's interested he's very good of course uh, but in a market are where be he's,
1: interested in a market where he's competing with the likes of Carlos Correa Trey Turner and Dansby Swanson, you might have to draw up some drum up some interest yeah because while I like to say all four of those guys are studs and they should all be getting massive contracts at the same time how many teams are there out there willing to pay 30 million a year to a shortstop?
0: I think there's at least four, but and that's that why, doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room. That's why I don't think the D backs are going to be the ones that get Xander no. Bogarts. I don't think they're prepared to spend thirty million dollars on a player. They're still they are still bogged down by the Madison Bumgarner contract. He's still owed what thirty seven million dollars the next couple years, this year, next year. Yeah. Nick Ahmed is still on the books for ten million dollars. I mean, ugh. Like I, I wonder how much. Not to, you know, I don't want to get down on Nick Ahmed or whatever, but I wonder if they regret signing Nick Ahmed to that four-year deal. Well, yeah, hindsight's is 20 right? As, a fan, I, as a fan,
1: I regret it very, yeah, very much. I, I get it. 10000000 million you, doesn't seem that bad
0: though. Especially knowing that these crop of shortstops would be available in the free agency, in these last two free agencies, man. And how about the irony of the fact that one of them is Dansby Swanson? I
1: know the it. The former Diamondbacks' number one, one pick.
0: Up. I wasn't going to bring it that up. That they traded for Shelby Miller. Mm-hmm. By the way, I saw the Dodgers sign Shelby Miller. They did to a major league deal. A major league contract. He'll be amazing. He had a game against the Diamondbacks for the Giants last year. He just lit the D-backs up, man. Didn't scrape his knuckle on the mound one time. He he struck out a bunch of guys. I'm like, "What what who? Who are you? Is this the same Shelby Miller? Because he looked really good and he I guess he put that he was coming out of the bullpen for the San Francisco last year. I guess he He must have put together a good enough resume.
1: Coming up next, the Cardinals might not have a game this weekend because of the bye week. But that doesn't mean they're without drama. That's next on Arizona Sports. Mitch and Steve on Arizona Sports Saturday.
0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Steve Zinsmeister with you on Arizona Sports. Uh, Mitch is out today. My good friend Cody Fincher is joining me. And boy, there's been drama today. Right now going on is the Big 12 championship game. You've got TCU, number three in the country, and currently slated to go to the college football playoff. They are losing to Kansas State, who's number 10. Not likely to jump into the college football playoff picture, I wouldn't think. Um, So that game, very close, but TCU currently losing. We'll see how that ends up here in the next half hour or an hour or so. Um, But... I wanted to talk a little bit about the drama that the Cardinals are facing in a bye week, which is very weird. Normally, there's not drama in a bye week. But we had this incident with Patrick Peterson, who is basically the the person who can't forget (laughs) about their ex. Uh, He said on his podcast, and I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said that Kyler Murray cares only about Kyler Murray. Which is not, he's not the first person to ever suggest that, uh, but he is a former teammate. You would think he has some insight but at the same time, Kyler Murray snaps back on Twitter, basically says If you are my mentor and big bro, like you have my phone number, you could have just called me and said yeah. something. Don't don't try to promote your podcast by talking about me. By dragging me, yeah. Uh, Peterson did respond to questions that I saw today, too, or was it today or yesterday? Where he said, uh, basically, again paraphrasing, but he basically said, "I'm not dissing Kyler Murray," and I'm like, "Yeah, you are." <laughs> he
0: said, "He's like, I didn't disrespect Kyler Murray. I didn't uh, do that." I'm like, "Yeah, did, you did. Do did not listen to your podcast.
1: You definitely did. You said a person only cares about himself. That's a diss, no matter how you
0: phrase think, it. Think about like I would have Patrick." What if someone said that about you on their podcast? Patrick Peterson don't care about anybody but Patrick Peterson. Would you be offended by that? Would you feel disrespected? The answer is yes, you would. And also, too, if somebody said that about Pat P., I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, because he's yeah, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're, right. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. I mean,
1: this is the guy who, in Arizona, when the team was good, mind you, Eventually, he asked for a trade. The team wasn't good at that time. Not at that time, but they had been good Overall, previously. Overall,
0: in the last few years of when that happened, yes. It was the first year without Bruce Arians. It was Steve Wilkes. The team was not playing well at all. They only won three games that year. Patrick Peterson demands a trade. Yep. And then all of a sudden at the Phoenix Open says, I'm sorry. What a weird place to do. With a microphone. He, he grabs a microphone and says, I'm sorry. I'm here to stay. And then like two weeks later, he gets busted for PEDs and misses six games. I wonder
1: if he apologized at the Phoenix Open just because he knew everybody in the stands was going to be drunk and on his side.
0: Or he knew that the PED suspension was coming. That's possible too. Um,
1: hey, but, you're about to hate me even more, so I might as well just I, get on your good
0: graces. I'm just, again, like I said in our in our conversation with Tyler Drake. I'm not going to deny that Patrick Peterson is one of the best uh, football players that the Cardinals have ever had. He was great. Certainly one of the best corners. Man, I am done with him. I am not a fan of Patrick Peterson anymore. Like, how would you feel too, if you were the Minnesota Vikings and every time Patrick Peterson opens his mouth, he's talking about the Arizona Cardinals. the, the, the Minnesota Vikings are going to win their division. They're a really good football team.
1: I'm certainly not going to defend Patrick Peterson here, but I, I will say this. He has a podcast where I don't listen to all of it. It's I just, hear
0: the clips about the Cardinals.
1: Yeah. I assume he talks about other teams as well. Sure. It's just he has more insight it's, on the Cardinals because he
0: played here for a while. It's also weird that he is still active in the NFL, and he's talking about other active players. Like He's not going to have any repercussions. Like Isn't, isn't that supposed to be kind of like a brotherhood? Like I don't know, you're man. a unionized players association. Your your players are supposed to be on each other's side, and you're saying he doesn't care about anybody but himself. And this is a guy too. When Patrick Peterson was here, when Kyler Murray was drafted. He was defending Kyler Murray. He was defending Kyler Murray earlier this year when Kyler was going through the whole contract extension stuff. He said Kyler Murray should do. He got exactly what he deserved in a contract. And all of a sudden he's dragging Kyler Murray because, oh, it's just and he tried to clarify it and walk it back like, oh, it's. Uh, Just everything. It's just everything that the national media has been saying. Kyler's body language, Kyler yelling at Cliff on the sideline, Kyler yelling at DeAndre Hopkins on the sideline. It's all the same crap that everyone else is saying. And I'm not trying to totally defend Kyler Murray here either because I think there are things he can improve on in that regard, being a better leader. But I'm not going to just, you know, I'm not going to trash Kyler Murray. Like, uh, I just don't know. Patrick Peterson, like, his reputation amongst Cardinals fans even the fans that just will defend Patrick Peterson till the cows come home like they have to be like yeah I don't I don't know about Patrick Peterson anymore I I just I just I'm done with Patrick Peterson man I think, I'm done with that guy
1: I don't necessarily think he has a beef with Kyler or maybe even any of the players on the Cardinals I think he
0: has a beef with Kyme Oh, yeah. And the decision to move off of he Patrick Peterson. He has a Peterson. beef with the whole organization, yeah. top to bottom. Because remember when they played the Vikings earlier this year, the Cardinals were on the road, and that whole thing about Patrick Peterson brought up, like, someone hung up emails or whatever and tweets in my locker about how trash I am and all that stuff. I'm like, okay, that's weird. If you need that to motivate you as a player, yeah, you're not doing it right. And it just seems like... Patrick Peterson is having actually a good year in Minnesota, and the Vikings, like I said, are really good. Just can you enjoy that time and keep our team's name out your mouth, dude? Like, what he's just—he's it's, it's got this new media huge, thing, huge axe to grind. And I don't know if he's just trying to think of life after football, and he's trying to be that guy that oh, I need a hot take because that's all—that's all the popular things are now. Is ha- everyone has to have a hot take? You know I don't know if that's what his deal was there, but like even in the clip where he said that Kyler Murray doesn't care about anybody but Kyler Murray, his co-host, who is his cousin, Brian McFadden, yeah, was s- speechless after that. He was like, uh, um, uh, well, you played with him, so I can't speak to that so whatever, but, but the one thing he could have done better, and I'll, I'll throw this on McFadden, is they were talking
1: about a a, a soundbite from Kyler, where he basically said uh in response to the Charger's game he was asked about a specific play and he said that has been taken out of context. He said the scheme was effed. Yeah. And people took that as him calling out the entire Cliff Kingsbury offense, which wasn't the case. And so they were talking about it in the, in the podcast out of context and Patrick Peterson was basically saying Kyler only cares about himself. Look at what he said about Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Yeah. And what Kyler was really was saying was, well, we had a play designed. They took away the option that we had, and the secondary option wasn't there for us. Right. We were F'd on that play. Yep. So
0: I don't think they put it in the best context during that. By the way, TCU just threw a pit, an interception in the end zone. Oops. This game is so crazy, oh, man. Oh, 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 oh. TCU
1: is losing right now to Kansas State, and this has huge implications on the college football playoff. TCU what number you know? three in the country. What do you
0: know? A fade in the end zone didn't work. It never does. Very rare. I does. hate that play. I hate that play so much. Hey, we want to Not thank you. Much, I hate it. Patrick Peterson. Right we now, want to thank
1: but. you for listening to us, despite the fact that there is a college football title <laughs> game
0: happening right now. Real quick, Ohio State getting into the playoff. I'm going to say yes, they do. I'm going to say yes, too. I want that rematch with Michigan.
1: Give it to me. We'll see what happens in this game. We'll see what happens in the Big Ten title game. That's coming up in a little bit. All right, I want to say thanks so much to uh, our producer, Trevor Henry, behind the glass. Also, Cody Fincher for being with You're me. You're welcome. Thanks, man. I appreciate you being here. You've been listening to Arizona Sports Saturday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.